Hey, good morning again. Um, I was getting very nervous coming up here, and it's, it's funny, I was at a conference this week on uh, innovation and entrepreneurship, and somebody was talking about fear, and they said the only way to deal with fear is to face up to it and do what it was your fear of. So I'm here again this morning, but then his second piece of advice was if you're still growing, the fear never goes away. So I guess it's life to treat it, and that's where we want to be. So this morning we're talking about that loving community. We, we just sort of touched on it a bit there, that little sketch, and I thank the, the people who helped just pull that together. Uh, it's just really, yeah, before we go into, uh, we're going to go look at 1 Corinthians, but I just wonder if we actually go into that, on that, on that sketch of those people together. I, I just want to share a sort of personal experience of having come here four years ago. I think we do an amazing thing in the way we love each other. This is the most loving community I've ever been part of and I've been part of a few churches. It is a remarkable place. We do an amazing job. But that experience, that experience that's there on the outside, I have a confession that that was myself four years ago. It was my family. It was my children four years ago. And we could see something very, very beautiful. And very beautiful. It really is very beautiful because look at the, if you look around this room and see the ages and the nationalities and the different places in life that we stand... We are together as a body, but it's getting into that body was the challenge. And that, I think, is, is somewhat of the challenge as we think about this today, is what it is to be a loving community that loves each other that strongly, but can still love beyond that community in whatever way it takes. So it's a, so it's a real, it's just a thought, and I say not really what we're going to concentrate on this morning, but I think it is something to keep in our minds as we think about how well we love each other, as to how well... We love each other as a community. As we talk about growing as a community, that's a challenge to us. So we're going to go into 1 Corinthians 12, which is on page 1153. So on the right-hand side, so I'm just going to start, start reading there. So this is Paul, and he's talking about the, the body of Christ. And he says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free. And we were also given one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many parts, of many different parts. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, and I do not belong to the body, it would not be for that reason that it would stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable, we treat with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts shall have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. 
If one part is honoured, then every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So here we've got Paul saying, and Paul is saying to actually, we are the body of Christ. Jesus has ascended into heaven, and he has left on earth a body which is us, all of us. Every one of us is part of that body. And what Paul's saying here is that body is full of lots of different parts. And we have different parts to play, but it's not for us to say, well, I'm not part of the body because I'm not whatever it is. So, you know, it would not be, uh, I'll probably get this wrong, but it would not be for me to say to Sarah, I'm really not very good at organising things, so I'm not part of the body. That wouldn't be there, but Sarah's very good at that organisation. That's part of the body. It would not be for me to, for Sarah to say to Steve, I'm really not great in kitchen organising this meal or this coffee, but for that reason would not be part of the body. The body is all those parts come together, and this is what Paul is saying to us. There is no part that is no less important than any other. So he brings us all together as one and we become the body of Christ. And as he said, there should be no division between it. And what it really says in there as well is actually he's saying to us that these parts are very different. And that makes it difficult. But it makes the body functional, but it makes it difficult because we're not all the same. And sometimes we like to think, oh, what does it look like? What is this great, you know, if I think about heaven on earth, what does it look like? Is it people all like you or like me? No, actually, Paul say, no, it's not. It's all these different people. It's all these different people with their different gifts, their different abilities, their different challenges, their different experiences that come together. And that's something unique within the body of Christ. But what would bring all these people together in some different way into one thing? And it is, as I say, it is the beauty of this church. And it's a challenge to us that we come together as one body in one service together and not divided up in different ways that to suit different people. We come as, as one thing. And that challenges us as we talk about growth as to how we manage that because that is part of the beauty of this body that we have here today is that we are one, we are that loving community. But as I say, it's not, it's not that easy. So, you know, Paul points out, actually, we do different things, and how does that come together? So he goes on, and as we go on, he, he talks, he then says, and God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles and gifts of healing and helping, of guidance and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? And then he says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And he goes on from that. And I, I, it's puzzled me this week, and I've been looking at that, as, as to, to, to why they decided to break this sentence in two. And I haven't really looked at it in a way, because... I don't remember very much from English at school, but the two things I do remember was I before E except after C, which is particularly useful. And the other was you don't start a sentence with and. And I get here, and the next sentence is and, yeah, I will show the most excellent way. It confuses me a bit. And having that passage, I can't remember what the passage we did two, three weeks ago, John, that one, what was that Ephesians, was it? I 
can't remember. But it was it was half a page, and there was no sent, there was no full stops in it anywhere. I sat in home group going, Paul, what are you going on about? I'd lost it here. And here we have a here's full stop in the middle. But anyway, we, we, we don't worry about it too much. So now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. So Paul has painted this picture of this body, this functional body, this body of things, but actually they are people within the body of Christ that are functioning in a beautiful way. They are working out what part they play in that body. They're working out how they fit together. They are working out and to deliver. And he talks about the eye and he talks about the ear. You need to think of answering the telephone in our body. How do we do it? We have to find the telephone. We have to see it. We have to walk to it. We have to pick it up. We have to answer it. We have to speak. We have to listen. It's massive. And in the body of Christ, that's what we have to do. We are together in that. But then he says, so then he says, actually, we need to do that. But then he says, I will show you a most excellent way to carry on in 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but have not love, I gain nothing. Now this is really quite tough. He's actually saying, he says, no matter what you say, I could stand here and say anything, but if it's not in love, it's nothing more than a noisy gong. He says, if I go to the bank and I withdraw every penny I've got and give it to the poor, if I don't do that in love, it gains nothing. And, it, and then he talks out and he says, if I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, it's nothing. So to Paul, this is all. Without love, it doesn't work. So Paul said, this body doesn't work without love. Our Ministry to the world doesn't work without love. You know, if we go to, to, to park in the park, if we go there because we think we have to go, we should go, it doesn't mean anything. It might be quite useful because you might serve teas or help people, and I get, but actually, Paul is actually pushing his back and saying, don't bother. Paul's saying, unless you're looking for love, and you're looking to love, that's where the value lies. And so actually, it's really quite... Quite hard as he pushes into us this. He's actually, those words, he says, nothing. He says, I have faith that moved mountains, but I have not love. I'm nothing. That's not remarkable. If I can pray and things happen, but actually I don't have love, Paul is saying. That is nothing. That's nothing. And it's really, really tough to, to, to read that. So you think, well, what's he talking about? What's going on? Now, as I say, Paul can be quite obscure, but I, I love this passage. And it's a good week to be talking about, about love because We've had a wonderful marriage of, of Steph and Luke last week, last Saturday. It was a beautiful day as we are here. Just what a wonderful celebration of love. Personally, I celebrated the 24th wedding anniversary last Monday, so that's really good as well. So this is, this is good. So, but this passage, and this passage we had read at our wedding, is one of those that Paul's quite really helpful. He's really quite sort of useful to us when he says, going on, verse 13, 13 verse 4, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. 
It does not post. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. So Paul's given it to us. Paul's given us a fairly straightforward description of love. And, and, and in a sense, I don't need to stand here and unpack that. We, we, we know what it is to be patient. We know what it is to, sorry to pick on you Sarah, but if Sarah doesn't reply to our emails straight away, it's okay, we can handle it. Because I know it will take me twice as long to reply to her, so I have to be patient. You know, I have to do that. If we come in and the chairs aren't like, yeah, actually we have to go, it's okay. We can sort that, that's fine. It is kind. What does it take to be kind to people? What does that mean? We have to find our way through that. We have to, it does not envy it does not say, somebody said to me the other day, oh, I haven't got any ministry. And I could list three things straight away that they did, and then by the half an hour later, I got another four or five to that list. But what they meant was, when they first said it, was, well, I don't stand up here, or I don't do that, or I'm not seen doing this or doing that. And that's what Paul's getting at in this body. He's saying, don't go there. That's not the point. The Spirit will give you gifts and he wants you to use those gifts as part of the body. And you should love within that part of the body no matter what part you play in that. It's not, there's not a place in there. It, it doesn't put it in that way. So yes, it says not envy. It does not boast. It doesn't say, actually, we've done this, we've done that. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. These are quite difficult sometimes. Particularly when you're dealing with people that you might not really like sometimes. And I learned quite early on in my Christian journey that actually, you know, when you sort of meet somebody and you think, oh, I'm not sure I really like that person, you know, and they wind you up or something happens. And I learned quite early on that that's a really bad idea to think, oh, I'm not sure I like that person. Because God has this amazing way of pushing you slowly in that direction. Oh, no. And all of a sudden, this person you've thought in your head, well, I'm not sure about. All of a sudden you find yourself and your next task is to work with them on whatever project or whatever it is. And actually, it's, it's a challenge. But God is saying, you can do this because that's what this body looks like. It doesn't look like people like you. It looks like people who are not like you. And before we moved to the city, actually, uh, it was at New Wine and the year we moved and I, I found myself in... In a venue in New Wine, and it was, I'd, I'd gone to a venue I don't normally go to, and they were playing drums on dustbins, they're dustbins, and, and it was like a real sort of booming inner city sort of thing. And I got in there, and the chairs were really cramped, and I could hardly move, you know. I thought I was going to get DVT, and I was only in there for about five minutes. And, and I sat there, and just God says, Do you know, this is what it's like. Oh, okay, get used to it. We get body, but it's really difficult. And that's why Paul says this, this loving each other is the challenge in it. So we go, he does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Oh, I missed out and keeps a record of wrongs. That's a tricky one, isn't it? We always like to think, oh, do you know that's the third time you've done that wrong? Actually, Paul says, don't, 
do that. That's not love. Love is not to remind people of what they've done wrong. They perfectly well probably know that. Um, and it doesn't really help for us to remind them. It helps us to, to forgive them, to be patient. Um, that's not envy. And of course, within all this, it's about loving. How do we do that? Well, we get to know each other. As I said, those experiences of people that actually push towards, as I've got to know those people, I find actually I do love them. Because they have amazing things about them. They have amazing experiences in their life. They have amazing part of their journey that you get to touch on. You find difficult things. And that's why Paul says you need to persevere. You need to trust. You need to hope. But you find amazing things. And so actually sometimes getting to know people that aren't who you, you know, who you'd ideally think is, is what's part, again, of this, this beautiful body. So we finally are, so we're going to carry on. We're just going to finish up on uh, 1 Corinthians 13 and then I'm going to just talk a little bit more. So we've got hope, love, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And it says love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I taught like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the child's ways of childhood behind me. For now I see only reflections in a mirror, and we shall see face to face. Now I know him in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these things remain, three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And this love is, is, is we describe God, but in this way, what Paul's sort of talking about, I heard it described, I'm not, I'm not a great you know, body, I shouldn't be a biologist up here or a doctor or something, but the body we've talked about is there's a fluid that lubricates the joints. And I heard somebody talk before about how arthritis, that fluid starts to drain away. And, and in a way here, Paul's saying, that's what the fluid is. It's this love in the body that allows these friction joints to come across. We rub against people that are not always the easiest to be amongst in our way. But the love is that fluid. It's that Holy Spirit can work in that way between those places and allow us to experience that and, 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 and go to a higher place, a place that no other group's going to go to without the love that the Holy Spirit can give us. And, and that's what we recognize when you look at other groups. It actually, you say, what differentiates us from an atheist church that might decide to meet in a hall down the road? What if we just come together and we just, whatever, it, nothing? But actually, if the Holy Spirit can give us something that is amazing, a love that is beyond understanding between each other and between those on that side. But people will walk in this room. And we've talked about this, these, these 200 people coming to faith. What is it that's going to do them? Well, as Paul says, if we just go out and tell them to come in, if it's without love, it doesn't mean anything. So that's not very helpful. But actually, if they were to see the love, as I described at the beginning, our experience of coming to this church was to see something beautiful, to see something that was of God. And actually... There's a high level. What would it be to feel that? 
Would I walk into this place? Would I walk into an event going on in here and think, these people love each other? Why? Look at them. You know, that's the question that somebody off the street might ask. Why why do these people come together? What's going on? Something must be going on. Because I wouldn't choose to be in this place with all these people if there was no other reason. So, you know, that's what they're sort of looking. They're trying to think, oh, hang on a minute, what's, what's happening? So we, we become, that love becomes our evangelism. That love becomes the thing that people see and recognize. But then the challenge lies that actually that love is a very inward thing. It has to be. It has to be strong. You can't love people by having no connection with them. So we spend time with each other. We eat together. We share life together. We talk about our struggles together. We share where we're going and where we're at. But at the same time, and I don't have a simple answer for that, how do we do it? Do we look outwards? How do we see beyond where we are to think, I want to love more people into this group? Wouldn't it be good to love more people? You know, when you meet people you don't know, think, actually, I would like to know you so I can love you like I love these others in my group. Uh, and we grow in that way. So Paul's given us a way, he's given us what love is, but it doesn't sound very easy, especially when you get to that last, as he says here, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So how can we love? How can we love like that? And I think really this is, it comes down to there is only one way we can do that. And that is through the knowledge of the love of God. It's how God loved us first, that means that we can love at all. But we need to be really, really strong and really, really secure in that love of God to know that we can love others regardless. We can persevere. We can travel that journey regardless of what they're like, what we think about them, what we experience, what we have to carry with them because we are confident in the love of God. And, it, and, it, and it's, it's interesting as we come to this passage, I, it's been an interesting journey getting to this because... I was asked to do this, this talk on, on loving and then two weeks before we ended up in a passage, in a similar passage and then last week Dan went into the same and I sat and went, what's going on? God, I thought I was going to do this passage. And then it suddenly twigged and I talked to somebody and prayed with somebody afterwards and realised actually, isn't that quite smart? Isn't God doing something? Isn't God saying something? Uh, and Dan said it himself, you know, if God is speaking to us, then wouldn't we expect us to hear it the same more than one way? So I think, you know, this love is really, really important to us as we look at this whole, how we develop as a church, that, yeah, we're going to be stronger. And there'll be a day when people will walk in that door and go, wow, what's going on? And they'll walk in the door and then more will walk in the door and go, wow, what's going on? And that creates a challenge for us because how wide can you stretch your arms? Jesus stretched his arms as wide as the world and said, love your enemies even. So, you know, it's amazing. So that love of God. And and so what I want to do is do something, encourage you to do something. I'm going to ask the band to, to come up and join me. And I ask them to join in as well. Now, this might be something, in a minute, I'm going to ask us to think about a really... Loving situation that we can picture in our lives. Something that's happened. And I'm going to ask us all to close our eyes. I'm going to do it too. I'm going to break the the rules of ministry. You don't leave with your eyes shut. But actually, I think I need to do that too. And it might not be something you used to do. And you might think, oh, I'm not going to do this. But actually, I encourage you to do it. Of all the things I think I came with this morning, it's the one that came first. That actually, 
for us to help us to experience the love of God a little bit. So I was going to ask us to, to sort of do something, just to think and just to imagine the situation. And then I'm going to ask for, for the love of God to come in that. And then um, I'm going to read a little bit out of Ephesians and then leave it to the band. So, so what I'm going to do is actually just to think of a situation you might have where you can think about love. Something in, 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 in a life... It may be a person you love, it may be somebody who loves you, it may be, it might be a pet or a dog, it might be a, it might be a phone even, it doesn't matter. It, it might be a television program, something you think, actually, that's something I really love. And I just ask you to close your eyes and be in that place. Be in that place with that love and think, yeah, that's, that feels good. Can you, can you feel it? The love you're sharing in that situation, the love you're feeling. Either way, it's, it's an intense feeling. And now as you feel that, I want us just to sort of step back outside of it so we can look at it. So now we're observing it. And it's just as intense. We can still feel it, but we're actually not in it at this moment. We're actually just looking in onto that situation, that love from that person or, or some other love in our life. And now take a step back from it further. So as we step back, it, it, it looks smaller. It's now a thing, it, it, it's completely in sight, but it's, it's smaller, we're observing it. And then as we observe it further, I just like to step back and imagine now it's, it's, it's a thing sitting on the kitchen table. It's, it, maybe it's a pea. It's the size of a, of a pea and it's just sitting on our table. And we're looking on it and we actually, we, as we look at it, we can think about and feel the love that we experienced in it. And so now we take a step back. We go right back to the door. You know, imagine a place, there's a table, your, your kitchen or whatever, and just see that table with a P on it that's, that is the love that we experience. And as we look back into it, we think, yeah, I can feel that love, that experience. And now come right back to the door of that room. And I'm just standing in the threshold of that door. So I'm looking in. And that experience of love is sitting there. And now as I look at that, the room is filling up. It's filling up. It's almost like a gas or a liquid, but actually it's, it's, it's more like cotton wool. It's filling the room from the, from the bottom to the top. It's actually completely... We can still see that love we experienced in there. But the room has become completely and utterly full. And that's the love of God. The love of God has completely and utterly filled that room. And we're standing on the threshold, we can almost feel it pushing on us. The love, the intensity of the love of that little spot on that table is as much as it was before. But now the room has been completely and utterly filled with it. From God. And I want you to push into that room. It's hard. It's pushed. It's, 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 it's full. But actually, if you push on it, 
you can move into that room. It's pushing around you. If you can feel that pushing on you as you move into that room, that is the love of God. The pressure around you completely as you move back and you can still see that moment of love you recorded earlier, but now it's just... It's just everywhere. It's all over you because the love of God is pushing down on you. Under pressure. So just want to spend that, stay and stay in that space. Stay in that space of the love. And if you've, if you've not stepped into that room now, I just invite you to. There's, there's no reason not to. There's nothing that can keep you from that love. There's nothing you've done. There's nothing you're going to do. There's no angels. There's no powers. Paul says it. There's nothing. There's no height. There's no depth. There's nothing in creation that can keep you from that love. If you're standing on the threshold of that room now and something's saying to you, you don't deserve to go in there, then tell it no. In fact, I rebuke it now. There's nothing. Don't listen to that voice. It's a lie. You are invited into that room. You are invited to experience that love. God wants you in that room. He wants you to know that love. Because it is only from that love that you can love others in the most remarkable ways that are beyond our understanding, that are beyond our comprehension. And as Paul says in Ephesians, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people. That's all of us. That's every one of us in this room. That all of us together would be able to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love surpasses knowledge and that you each one of us here, no matter what we think, no matter what we hold us back, that we would know and that we would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Just stay in that place.